So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Common Sea Inspirations production, being produced in our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And this is the 23rd of May. It's Pentecost Sunday. Thank you again for joining us. My name is John Keeley, and help me to present the programme again this morning, Shane O'Broach. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. Thanks a lot for joining me. Special guest we got joining us today. Uh, more about this in part two, but just for the moment, just to introduce our guest, Sister Therese Fitzgerald. Some of our listeners might be aware of Sister Therese if they tuned in to some of the talks uh, via the Dayasin website in Advent and Lent. Sister Therese Fitzgerald. Good morning, Sister Therese. Morning, John. Morning, Shane. Lovely to be here. Thanks a lot for joining us. As I said, we'll have a further chat with Sister Trace in part two, and Sister Trace is going to stay with us for the gospel. But the most important people that we want to welcome today are those of our listeners who are housebound, lonely, struggling in some way, those listeners who have listened to us all these years, who look forward maybe to listening to Sacred Space every Sunday morning, maybe getting to listen to the Sunday gospel. They might never have a chance to get to Mass. Or maybe some of the music that we play, um, maybe some of the reflections that come your way. Thanks again for joining us and thanks again for your prayer support. That's so important to us. Our programme is broadcast at West Limit 1 or 2 local radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And the podcast of Sacred Space 1 or 2 FM are just some of the Common Sea Inspiration podcasts available for playback and download on our Common Sea Inspirations podcast page. Do you if you just Google Common Sea Inspirations and you'll find us there? We're also available to be heard on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, and other platforms. And we're also, these days, have a present on Facebook. So if you uh, search on Facebook, come and see Inspirations, you'll find us there. And each each week, we put up put up the Sunday programme, each Sunday. And midweek, we put up something from the archives. It could go anywhere going back to the last 11 to 12 years that we've had a presence on the internet. The 10 a.m. session each, each Sunday morning these days, um, we have a 10 a.m. Mass being broadcast from Abbeyfield Parish, and we thanks indeed for the Tony Mullins and the parishioners of Abbeyfield Parish to allow us to join them. And after that, uh, we have a, a reflection uh, to finish off the hour. And, of course, the 11 p.m. session each Sunday night is a normal Sacred Space programme. Now, with this part of the programme, something that people always look forward to listening to, our good friend Shane is going to bring us saints for the week uh, from maybe various parts of the world. I'm not too sure. Shane, what do you have for us this week, please? Hey, good morning, John. So today is Pentecost Sunday, folks. As John said at the top of the program, it's the end of Easter. It's the last day of Easter tides. It's the last day for you to finish your chocolates. For those of you that have been enjoying it like myself over the last six weeks. So that means, of course, on Monday, we enter into what is called ordinary time. So ordinary time. So the liturgical colour color switches from the white of Easter to the red of Pentecost to the green of ordinary time. For those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week four. And for those of us praying the Psalter, we're moving to book three. If you're following the Collins version of the Psalter, that's the publisher. It comes in a number of volumes. So we're on to volume three. So Monday the 24th is the feast day of Mary, mother of the church. It's a feast instituted onto the calendar by Pope Francis. And it was taking up a title extended to Mary by Paul VI during the Second Vatican Council. Now, it's an interesting thing that struck me during the week that the feast day for Mary as one of the church, it comes from it's one of the documents of the council. I think it's Lumen Gentium. But it's interesting that we have a feast of Mary to end the feast, the octave of, of Christmas, which is Mary, the mother of uh, uh, Mary, the mother of God on the 1st of January. 
And here at the end of Easter, we have another Feast of Mary to bookend the, the feast, which is Mary, Mother of the Church. As well as that, Monday, uh, the 24th of May, also happens to be the day of prayer for the church in China. And uh, this arose from 2007 when Pope Benedict XVI issued a letter to the faithful in China, um, expressing the hope that on this memorial, um, that it would become a, ch- a day of prayer for the church in China. And it's particularly associated with the Feast of Our Lady of Shazhan, which is a shrine to Our Lady Help of Christians in China. And obviously, at this time, we particularly pay, pray for those Christians in China who are being persecuted, both Catholic and non-Catholic. Um, it's in particular those, uh, it, it's quite a tough time for those of, of any faith persuasion in the People's Republic. And also, of course, in particular, we uh, remember the church in Hong Kong as well because of what's going on there at the moment. And as it happens, there is a new archbishop or the new bishop of Hong Kong nominated during the week. He's a Jesuit. He's originally from Hong Kong, but he does have Irish connections. And he, uh, he was educated by Irish missionaries and he went to school for his priestly training as a Jesuit in Dublin as well. So Tuesday, the 25th, is the feast day of St. There's, well, there's three feasts. There's three saints on the day. There's St. B the Venerable, Pope St. Gregory the Seventh, and St. Mary Magdalene the Pazzi. Uh, B the Venerable is an interesting one. He died in 735. He's an English saint and is also a doctor of the church. And he's famous for having written a book called Historia Ecclesiastica. And it's one of the earliest uh, written accounts of church history. And generally one of the things that B discredited to is actually starting to count the calendar from the birth of Christ. Now, he did a lot more other things. He's a very well-known saint in the English church, but that's just kind of what we need to know about the point. He was a Benedictine monk. And as I said, he died in 735. Gregory VII died in 1085. He was t- Italian. He was from Tuscany. He was a, ben- a clinic monk in Rome. And he died in exile in Salerno. Then Wednesday, the 26th, is the feast day of St. Philip Neri. Philip's an interesting guy. He's a popular saint in certain quarters. He's the founder of the Oratorians, I think is how you pronounce it. The Congregation of the Oratory is, is, is their proper title. He was born in 1515. He's from Florence in Italy. Uh, very much involved with uh, reform, living care for the sick, impoverished pilgrims. Uh, during Easter season of 1544, while praying in the catacombs of San Sebastino, he received a vision of a globe of fire that entered his chest and he experienced an ecstasy that physically enlarged his heart, which they confirmed upon his death, actually. He entered the priesthood in 1551 and he was famous for hearing lots and lots of confessions. And in 1575, he founded the Congregation of the Oratory. For those of us of an Irish and English interest, uh, John, am I, not, am I right in saying John Henry Newman was part of that congregation? That's right. That's right. In, yes, in, fact, in, th- in, Bur- in Birmingham. He, yeah, his last few years, I think he spent there. Yeah. Okay. So Thursday, the 27th, is another English saint. It's the feast day of St. Augustine of Canterbury. A monk in Rome sent by Gregory the Great to preach to the English. He set up his see at Canterbury and had much success in converting the south of England. So that is the man to whom the archbishops of Canterbury count themselves as being in the line of succession. Uh, so Augustine of Canterbury. Friday the 28th is the interesting one. Again, it's another English saint. Actually, we have other English saints on the calendar this week. It's Blessed Margaret uh, Pole. Margaret Pole is a martyr for the faith. Now, it's an interesting one. She's one of the royal martyrs because she was the daughter of the Duke of Clarence and the niece of King Edward IV and Richard III. And she married Richard Pole in 1491. Now, the problem is she got into trouble because 
She was the ward of Henry VIII, and she disagreed with Henry VIII's plan to marry Anne Boleyn, and she was driven from court. Her son was Reginald Pole, who was a cardinal, and he wrote against Henry's um, you know, uh, presumptions to spiritual supremacy and all that thing with the Reformation. And because of that, Henry kind of got a bit peed off with the whole family and executed uh, Reginald's brothers in 1534 and then sent Margaret, his mother, their mother, to the tower. And she died in 1541. And she's generally, uh, she died by being beheaded, actually. Sorry, John, I forgot the breakfast warning this morning. Um, so also on the 28th of February, we are, sorry, the 28th of May, we also have the feast day of Blessed Stefan Wazinski. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this man at all is he's a Polish saint. And he was the primus, he was the primus of Italy. He was known as Prince, Prince Stowinski or Prince, Prince Stefan because he was a cardinal of the church and he was also born of no Polish nobility. Now, the interesting thing about this guy was he was the leader of Poland predominantly after the Second World War and was seen as the de facto leader of the Polish nation under communism. And he was also the man that encouraged Pope John Paul II to accept his election as pontiff in 1978. And he was canonized, uh, sorry, he was, sorry, beatified in 2021 by Pope Francis, and it involved the healing of a 19-year-old woman from thyroid cancer in 1989. Then finally, Saturday is an interesting one. It's the 29th of May, and it also is the feast day of Paul VI, Pope Paul VI, um, it, because it's the anniversary of his ordination as a priest when he was own, known as the humble Giovanni Battista Montini. And of course, Paul VI, of course, uh, continued the Second Vatican Council after the death of good, John, good Pope John XXIII. And he died uh, in 1978, actually, on the Feast of the Transfiguration, which is the 6th of August in Castle Gandalfo in Rome. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the liturgical odds and ends this week. Just a flag to people. Obviously, we're coming up to the end of the month. So next week, next Sunday is the Feast of the Holy Trinity. And for those that are counting down, it's two weeks of the Feast of the Sacred Heart. And obviously, Sunday, the 6th of June, is the Feast of Corpus Christi. Just of those for people that are keeping an eye on those things on the calendar. So that's what we have, John. Shane, thanks a lot for that. So um, just to continue on with that, just a notice that I just want to bring to listeners' attention. A, a reminder again, the Redemptist Novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help uh, will, will commence on the 18th of June, continue to the 26th of June. Uh, it'll be online only this year. That's 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 7.15 p.m. and 9 p.m. That's 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 7.15 p.m. and 9 p.m. Now, at this point of the program, there's a spiritual communion prayer. We always pray, especially for those who can't receive Jesus at Mass this morning. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now it's time to go for our first bit of music. And our guest, uh, Sister Therese, is uh, very kindly um, uh, going to choose a piece of music for us. What piece of music do you have for us, Therese, please? John, I've, I've chosen I Arise today um, because it's a hymn that speaks very much of the, the strength of the Spirit guiding us through each day. So listen to that and then join us back again in part two where we'll chat more with Sister Therese Fitzgerald.
So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space 102 FM. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane, and also by our guest, uh, Sister Therese Fitzgerald. As I said, Sister Therese will share some thoughts with us on reading and reflecting on the Word of God. And I first came in contact with Sister Therese when the Diocese of of Limerick invited Sister Therese to lead a a series of reflections last Advent on the Book of Isaiah, and also during Lent this year, reflections on preparing for new life. 
Both of these were on Zoom and we all enjoyed them. Beautiful. So thanks again for those, uh, Therese, and thanks again for joining us this morning. Thanks, John. So maybe to start off with, Therese, would you tell us a bit more about the congregation you belong to, how you became interested in them and how you began, began to work with them and what work do you do? <laughs> now, there you are. <laughs> sure, sure, John. Um, I'm a sister of Our Lady of Sion and we were founded in France in 1842 our main work is actually in Jewish Christian dialogue and also in interfaith relations. So in terms of practically how that looks is basically that as we encounter other faiths and have conversations and get to know each other, the experience brings with it a kind of almost like it's like an invitation to grow in openness towards others and increase our understanding of each other and also then to deepen our own faith experience through the conversations and then, of course, as you can imagine, friendships build in these conversations. And then with the increased connection that we have together and the greater appreciation that we have of each other and the growing mutual respect, um, it means that the conversations become safe places to really look at some of the issues that we may find that we don't really want to look at when we're having a more superficial conversation. So the friendships allow us to... Um, maybe have conversations that are challenging, what might be called courageous conversations. Um, so in those conversations, we're actually receiving feedback about our own faith tradition, where we're being asked questions, where we're being maybe challenged at some level because maybe our actions don't always match our words. And that always gives us material to actually go back and reflect on our faith and deepen it for ourselves. So while we get a lot of positive feedback and a lot of good um, comments about ourselves and, and how we are as Christians, yeah, I think the invitation is always there to, to grow, uh, to integrate, integrate our religious values uh, at a deeper level um, and to basically live lives of, of uh, integrity, of greater integrity. So when you say um, what attracted me to this congregation, um, Part of that dialogue and that quality of conversation um, feeds into our greater commitment to a world of justice, peace and love. And it was actually that statement that attracted me. Um, the idea of being part of a group who are working with this mission. I'm sure a lot of people were, are working for justice, peace and love. But at that particular time, that particular line and this congregation really attracted me. And it started when I reached out to this congregation it started a conversation that was obviously a life-changing conversation because I joined, I joined the congregation. So in terms then of what I do, um, I have three main areas. There's always sort of little bits that are tagged onto things, but three main areas. So I, I worked as a, as a counsellor for over 20 years now, and it's a work that I find really enriching um, and life-giving to be able to journey with people in their, as they explore their own stories. Uh, I facilitate uh, the Bible study, as you know, and as you've mentioned, uh, Bible study and reflection. Um, I'm especially interested, again, in, in, in how people integrate the word of God into their lives, uh, how they grow at a, a personal level and how, how, how they develop. And basically, in that work as well, just in terms of how the word of God informs our choices, that's really important to me and how our choices in life impact other people. So then the final area is actually a role within the congregation, which is regional delegate. And I have to laugh because a lot of people actually don't know what that means. And, and oftentimes I don't know myself. 
I suppose it could be described as encouraging the life of the region, uh, in a way enabling and empowering our sisters to live uh, to live our religious commitment and our charism to the best of our ability, and hopefully then deepening our relationship with God and others in, in the process. And then at another level, I'm very conscious that we're all called to do that. Um, and thankfully, that commitment is there, which is great. Thanks for that, Therese. So... The topic we we said we'd chat about today, or I asked you to chat about today, was reading, reading and reflecting on the Word of God. It hasn't been practiced so much in our Catholic Church up to now, so people may not be familiar with the idea. Would that be correct within our own church, as we know our own Catholic Church, up to now anyway? Well, what I find, John, is that uh, among the people I meet, there's quite a range of experience in terms of reading and reflecting on the Word of God. Um, for some, it is a case of hearing uh, the Word of God at Mass on Sundays. Uh, for others, it's the, that that's the beginnings for them in terms of wanting to know more. It raises that hearing it on Sunday raises a curiosity about the possibility of understanding it more and maybe reflecting on it during the week as well. And then for others, there's a lot more experience in terms of people who attend quite a few courses. And of course, today we know that that there's, there's so many courses available, it's really great, and there's choices and people can um, enter courses, uh, you know, that interest them and the, the, the range the range is, is really diverse, which, it, which, it, which is great. What's lovely, I find, the groups that I, that I meet is that the participants bring whatever experience of life they have. And for some, this will include uh, 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 being aware of the Bible and knowing quite a bit about it, and for others it won't. So the kind of the common denominator is the, the desire to deepen the word of God in their lives and to explore their own relationship with God. And I find that the diversity in the group then is what adds to the quality of the conversations. And in some ways, I, I kind of see it as, as allowing ourselves to be surprised by God and each other when we come together to explore the word of God. And it's also my experience that the more open we are to the process of reading the, the Bible and sharing the experience with others, the more the Spirit of God can have a space to be alive and active in the group. Um, it's, it's, it's being open in a way as we connect to the, to, to the potential that's there, the potential to be transformed and for our relationships with others to be transformed. And actually, I'm just thinking now there's, there's, there's a, a question that I, or a couple of questions that I would often ask myself when I'm when I'm reading or, or working with a group, and when in terms of the Bible, if there's something about uh, one question being how does the Word of God inform my life, and how does the Word of God transform my life? Yeah, I found myself um, Therese, uh probably lucky enough, fortunate enough around my own locality. Uh, and Shan's had the same experience as myself within this group, of, uh, of attending Lectio Divina groups. And uh, that really opened it up for me, because as you said, um, we're, we're all going to probably hear different things, uh, different aspects of the gospel. We'll speak to, to, to different ones at different times. And that's okay. That's the way the, that's the, way the Holy Spirit works. Um, but... F- just for a second, let's let's just step back a minute. For those who haven't had that experience, for those who might be listening to the program this morning, and they use your 
uh, you know, the the usual experience would be, well, listening to it a little bit at mass as best they can for the few minutes that are there and then listening to the homily as best they can. If those people wanted to start off and get a little bit more in tune or, or maybe get a little bit more experience of, so we say, praying with them, with them or appreciating the Word of God, oh, any ideas? Yeah, I, I think even just setting a little bit of time aside to read a, a Bible story can be a really lovely start, um, even just a couple of minutes each day. Uh, for example, I'm, I'm thinking of, the, of the, the stories that are actually familiar to us um, and just, you know, reading it uh, like the Good Samaritan, which is in Luke, in Luke 10, or the Samaritan woman is in John, 10, in John 4. They're kind of familiar stories and we can just by sitting and reading them slowly can actually allow them to deepen and our understanding of them to kind of get a deeper understanding of them. Also, there's Psalms that are familiar, Psalm 23. Um, and just to, again, to slow down the reading of, of the Psalm can be a really lovely way of, of, of entering into it. And then another thing, when you mentioned the Sunday readings, another thing that can be lovely is actually taking time during the week to prepare the readings for the following Sunday. So I always think there's, there's four readings if we take the Psalms. So even taking one a day uh, for four days of the week and just with that one reading on, on you say take it, uh, one reading on, 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 on a day and just reading it slowly um, noticing what strikes you, maybe a word or a phrase is, is, is nice and you want to take it into the day um, and just allowing those words to deepen by repeating them, it's literally just repeating them very, very slowly and all that will take is five minutes if somebody just wants to begin and it's, it's, it's a lovely start, it's a really good start to do something like that. Certainly one of the things, you know, that I found out myself when I started um, uh, praying with the Word of God is there's some, there's some of the Gospel passages that challenge me, but there's a lot of passages that, that encourage me. And I think sometimes maybe we tend to, to emphasize on the challenging rather than the encouraging. Would that be right? I think it's a mix in terms of, as you say, it's, it, that both are in there. And, and I often find if we actually stay with the text just reading it slowly and even going back the next day, if it, if it is a little bit more challenging, it can be a way of, of um, finding something there. That's, there's often a gem in, in the more challenging texts. And if, if, if there's a real struggle to find that little gem, then it can be nice maybe to have a reading that is familiar. So if you've got a what might be a difficult text, to maybe have something like, a, like that familiar, a familiar psalm. Um, there's a lovely psalm, Psalm 42, like a deer that yearns for running streams. So maybe to give that balance that if, if a text, if, if somebody is really struggling with the text and finding it very difficult, maybe take another one alongside it just to, to, to soften that and, and maybe open up the possibility in the difficult text and the two are alongside each other. You mentioned um, early on about you know, the, the great facility that, that, that's there to, to encourage each other, I suppose, uh, with a group setting that, that, that people can, can, can honestly give their reflections on that particular text. Uh, mm -hmm. And by, by experiencing this, people within the group grow. Would that be right? Yeah, I think I think there's a few things. It's like when you were mentioning uh, Lexio Divina. It's like 
um, that allows people to come together as a group to, to reflect and, and, and meditate and uh, deepen the word of God just by being in the same place together, even if there's a lot of silence, because sometimes that can be the case. But there are two things that I think go alongside Lexio Divina and that link with your group piece, um, the idea of being supported by the group. I think some study of the Bible um, by attending courses and reading commentaries and um, getting to better understand the text, I think there is something around doing that it, 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 with, with others that can be really, really helpful. It's like moving back and forth between reading it yourself and then reading it with others, almost like living with the text over a period of time, studying it, reflecting with it and praying with it, and then complementing that with the conversations with others. I think the one-to-one conversations can be really helpful in terms of deepening a text and deepening the sharing that happens between two people. And then also within the group, the discussions that can provide greater perspectives on possible meanings in the text. And also the other piece is that they actually stop us from having our circular thinking, as hearing another person's um, perspective might actually allow us to see more clearly the, the, the word of God. So I suppose, just to finish up and just to sum up, um, what sort of resources would you suggest listeners maybe could look at to get used to and maybe become familiar with the idea of reading and reflecting on the Word of God? There are some lovely resources, actually. I think the best thing to do is is to actually have a copy of, of the Bible, as in an actual copy of it, because we can get we can access it online, which is, is great. But I think having your own copy can make a big difference. And there, there are study Bibles that make it easier in terms of getting some information about what you're reading. So, for example, there's the Catholic Study Bible, which is uh, um, produced by Oxford Press, and it's now in its third edition. But, it, but that gives quite a lot of, of useful information and, and helps to understand it, a, a, a biblical text. And then, obviously, there's there's other translations, like the, the Revised New Jerusalem um, Bible 2019 is, is another good, good Bible to have. But in terms of even the, the daily readings, there's an app called universalis.com, um, and there all, all the daily readings um, are, are there. And so a person might choose to either just focus on the Sunday ones or might, might take uh, the readings from each day, from the Mass each day. There is another website that I think is, is great in terms of hearing the Word of God. It's BibleGateway.com. Um, and it just that it allows you, there's an actual audio version there. So even if you're reading your own Bible, hearing it as well can be really, really helpful. And then, of course, there's, a, there's several other websites, but just even one of them is at tarsus.ie, which has courses and obviously commentaries on the Sunday readings, so a lot of resources there. Sister Therese, thanks a lot. I know it, it, it was a quick uh, flick through it uh, in, in, in the time we have, but I thought it was so important that people do um, get to know the idea that, that there are resources out there to help those who are maybe just starting off. It might be a little bit foreign for them. As you said, um, it might be a very good idea, and I, I like that idea of starting off with something very familiar. Maybe some of the story Bibles, uh, maybe some of the stories in the Bible that we've maybe forgotten about. Just grab them out again and see where we go. Listen, thanks a lot for that. So just to finish up this uh, this part of the um, program, uh, Trace, there's a piece of music again, a second piece of music you'd like us to, to listen to today. What, what's the piece of music you'd like to listen to? Yeah, it's, it 
If It Be Your Will by Leonard Cohen. It has echoes actually of, of Good Friday, so a little bit out of season perhaps, but I've chosen it because I think that responding to God with the words, if it be your will, is very much being open to the Spirit of God in our lives. Okay, so, so let's listen to Leonard Cohen singing, If It Be Your Will. Come back and join us in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. If it be your will That I speak no more And my voice be still As it was before I will speak no more I shall abide until again to the third part of Cummins uh, Sacred Space 102 FM my name is John Keeley still joined by Shane Ambrose and of course thank you again for Sister Therese Fitzgerald for sharing that reflection for us on the Word of God now this is the most important part of any program any week where we read and reflect actually on the Sunday Gospel and before that we'll invite Shane to pray this prayer we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture thanks Shane Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. 
Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it, and that our eyes be closed and our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, Pentecost Sunday, is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 26, 27, and chapter 16, 12 to 15. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who issues from the Father, he will be my witness. And you too will be my witnesses, because you have been with me from the outset. I still have many things to say to you, but there will be too much for you now. But when the Spirit of Truth comes, he will lead you to the complete truth, since he will not be speaking as from himself, but he will say only what he's learnt. And he will tell you of the things to come. He will glorify me, since all he tells you will be taken from what is mine. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I say all he tells you will be taken from what is mine. So that's the Gospel for today, for Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Therese, would you like to uh, offer us a little reflection or two, please? Okay, thanks, John. Um, yeah, I, when I was thinking about this uh, in, in preparation for our conversation today, um, I was struck by a, a few different things. Um, one was that there's this movement in, in the actual Gospel. There's a kind of a movement of information but actually, there's, it, it's more, it's, it's more relational, this, this truth being passed from Father and being received by the Spirit, um, this receiving and telling of the truth has a lovely relational quality to it, involving Father, Spirit and Jesus. And the beautiful way in which we give and receive from each other is very much there. And in a sense, we're actually being invited to become part of this divine conversation we're invited to receive and tell the complete truth also and to witness to this. So that was the, kind of the first thing that struck me as I was reading it. There's with this so much giving and, and telling that's happening. And then, of course, it brings us to the kind of content in terms of truth. And so that I kind of spent some time sitting with the word truth. And when I was in doing that, basically, I was thinking that it can be useful to ask ourselves what we each mean by truth. And this is particularly important when we see that truth in our text is linked with witnessing to God. And I find this a really attractive connection because speaking the truth requires me to take responsibility for what I say, but also for my actions, as truth requires my words and actions to be aligned. And then I was just thinking actually of how interesting it, it, it is that we can actually justify sometimes non-truths. The excuses that we can make for not telling the truth. We hear things like, I don't want to hurt somebody or it's only a little lie. But actually our choices around the truth are shaping the person we're becoming in the future. And I once heard it said that telling the truth is like an adventure. And of course, it struck me that this could actually be seen as a, 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 a quite a difficult adventure. But it does mean that we take responsibility for our words and actions. And in a sense, 
truth can be then like an invitation to become more integrated as human beings and to show up in life with courage and strength. Another thing that struck me around truth was um, that in the Hebrew, the, the, the first and last letter of truth is also the, are also, the, those letters are also the first and last letter of the alphabet. And the middle letter of truth in, in the Hebrew is, is one of the middle letters of the alphabet. So it's sometimes said that truth can, should be at the beginning, middle and end of everything that we say and do. And certainly our reading is telling us um, that, that when we tell the truth, we are witnessing to God. So some questions actually then came to mind for me as I was reflecting on, on the word truth. And, and the questions are, what is truth? What is the truth I witness to in terms of my faith? Um, what do I hear God saying to me? What is my truth and do I give voice to it? What are the consequences of speaking the truth about God as I know it? And what are the consequences of speaking my own truth? They're just questions that struck me. And in some ways, the more we live this inner experience of complete truth in our relationships with others and in our choices in life, the more our experience of God deepens and transforms us. And the word truth in, in, in Hebrew is also linked with the word amen. It's the same root. So they belong together in some way. And that got me thinking about the, like, what, what do we say amen to? And in many ways, we're affirming something that has been said when we say amen. And again, we might reflect on, on questions such as, are we conscious of what we're affirming? And are we conscious of the words we use and the implications of speaking them? So those were my reflections on, on truth. Um, I then was, the, the, the final piece I was kind of looking at in terms of, of, of the, the reading was the, the, the actual word paraclete uh, at, at the start of the reading. It's, it's not paraclete, it's actually when the advocate comes. So the, the word advocate is is has that has a meaning of one called alongside to help and it speaks to me of the presence of god and god's nearness as we journey through life and that reminded me in a sense of the of the church as we in ireland as we approach an, a new synod you know walking together along the way god walking with us as we journey together basically the spirit coming alongside to help I thought it's, it's, it's really a lovely image when we look at the meaning of that, of that word. And then there's a, a theologian called James Dunn, and he says, the spirit of God transcends human ability and transforms human inability. And again, I think it's a, it's a lovely quotation, and I find it very helpful to remember that the spirit of God is supporting me in transcending my ability and transforming my inability when it comes to life generally, and in particular, when it comes to this key word in the text, truth. Just some thoughts. Therese, thank you very much, Neil, for sharing those with us. Shane, have you got a thought or two you might want to share, please? It was an interesting one, uh, as, 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 as Therese said, this, the Sunday Gospel this week. And um, because usually, of course, on, on, on Pentecost, very much the focus is often on the first reading, which is actually from the Acts of the Apostles, and it's Luke's account, and it's that one that we more associate with Pentecost, uh, 
which is you know the wind, the, the locked in the upper room, and the wind, and tongues of flame, and all that kind of thing. And then the other option that's given for a gospel today is actually John's account of Jesus appearing in the upper room and saying, you know, peace be with you to the disciples. So there's a number of images for Pentecost that are presented to us. But as, as Therese said, this, this Sunday's gospel, the one that we've actually read from John, is very much focused on that whole idea of communicating the message and the truth. That's, the, you know, that's, the, that's what Trey is focused on, is that word, that focus on truth and the passing on of things that we are to be witnesses to. And I suppose for me, actually, the thing that struck me reading it, um, there, was, there was two things that struck me about it. The first was that section where you two will be witnesses because you have been with me from the outset. And it's that whole thing of witnesses. Um, you know, at the top of the program every week, we, we do small reflection and we go through the, 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 the saints, the calendar for the saints. And often the saints that are put forward are martyrs. And in particular, um, you know, they, when we give the breakfast warning for people, they're very much the martyrs. But martyr is another word for witness. There are people who have made the ultimate sacrifice for that idea of witnessing for their faith. And I suppose for us, as we reflect on the gospel this Sunday and we reflect on it in our daily lives and what Pentecost could mean for us, is that question that is posed, that is posed there in terms of how do we witness to that truth in our words and actions? How do we express and demonstrate that? One of the earliest you know, things that were said about Christians in the very, going back to the early days of the church, was you know they're Christians by their love. It's something that we've come back to again and again on this program. It's one of the themes that we've picked up in our reflection on the Sunday Gospel. And the other one, of course, is very much that idea that to be Christian, you must be in communion in community. It's a contradiction in terms to be a Christian on your own. Uh, you have, you know, it's to be in community, it's to be in relationship, as Trey said, and I love that actual that expression where she said, you know, it's a relational sharing of the truth, where we are invited to be part of the divine conversation. And for me, I think that's a beautiful way of reflecting on this Sunday's gospel, is that that invitation is there. Because, of course, one of the challenges we've often said about John's gospel, and we've spoken about it a few times on the program, is sometimes it can be a little difficult to kind of figure out, well, what is John saying? And, of course, one of the challenges always with John's Gospel when we, we hear it on a Sunday is that it's broken up. It's, 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 you know, sometimes you need to see what the whole conversation is about or the whole part that it comes from. But, again, that beautiful image that is there that, and that the Trey summed up, that relational sharing of the truth where we are invited to be part of the divine conversation. And it's that idea of the divine conversation, that idea of us creating space where we can listen to what the divine is saying to us heart to heart. That great expression of John Henry Newman, where we're in conversation with God, speaking quorum to quorum, heart to heart. And it's just, it's that idea, that call, I think, if Pentecost is not just about the birth of the church, because today is seen as the birthday of the church, um, but also it's seen as our response to that outpouring of love, that outpouring of the Spirit, the second thing that struck me about this Sunday's Gospel was that 
that line, I still have many things to say to you, but they will be too much for you now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you to the complete truth. And it's only this week, actually, that that line really struck me in one sense, because there is a risk in life, and not just with faith, but in life in general, that we can take very absolute positions with knowledge that we hold and things that we understand. And for me, that line in the gospel very much this week was kind of a reminder that we need to be careful sometimes, particularly in a faith context, about how we understand and interpret things, be that um, liturgy, for example, or the way things are done or how things are done as a community. And it's something I think that we need to be very careful of, particularly now as we're going to be entering into discussions about the National Senate, for example. And the biggest thing that we'll have to be careful of is, oh, but should we always did it this way? And for us just to be conscious of that, but it just doesn't apply to us in a faith context, but it's also an openness in community to the other. Not to see the person as being different, as being opposite, but to see the person as someone that I can be in relationship with, be that as a neighbor, as a friend, whatever the case might be. And that's difficult. There's no way, there's no point in, in being any other way about it. That is difficult because we, we're comfortable with people we know and we don't sometimes find it easy to associate with people that are different from us. There's no two ways around it. It's, a human, it's the human nature. You, we, we find that difficult, whatever that difference might be. You know, whether, you know, if we're from West Limerick and the person is from Dublin, you know, or, for example, you know, or the person, for example, is not, not seen as being traditionally white Irish, for example. A person that might be from a different ethnic background, but is very much part of what it is to be Ireland today. Because, you know, and what it means to be Irish today or what it means to be Christian today. Just to be careful of things like that, I think for me, is one of the things that struck me about this Sunday's Gospel. And then I suppose it's that other thing that struck me about it as well, is the spirit of truth who issues from the Father, he will be my witness. And I think for me, that's one of the things I suppose I, I have to keep reminding myself again and again and again. You know, John, you and I, we're, we're very involved with faith and we're very involved with our church community. And sometimes when we're involved with things like that and we want things to go in a particular way, we sometimes have to bite our tongues and hold on because it's so slow or we're disappointed at the way things go. And again and again, we have to remind ourselves the spirit is in charge. And we just have to wait and see which way the spirit blows. But when you think about it, the spirit blows, but the wind doesn't blow all the time. That sometimes in the middle of a beautiful summer's day, you'll have that summer breeze and it'll blow across the grass. And then there's other times and it's dead calm. And it's a reminder to us that the spirit blows, but doesn't necessarily mean it blows all the time. He blows as the spirit wills, it blows as God speaks. I love that image, really, of the Spirit of God being the breath. And it linkages so much into what we know and we understand. Going back to Genesis, God breathed on, you know, breathed forth and then there was life. Jesus breathed forth, the Spirit is breath. And it links back to life within each of us. And I think, for me, 
that whole idea of this relational sharing of the truth and the invitation to be part of the divine conversation is a great reflection for this Sunday morning. Shane, thank you very much, Nick, for that. And indeed, thank you very much, Nick, Therese. Um, for the little time that I get left, ju- ju- just a quick one. Um, yeah, that idea of truth, that word truth, stood out for me this week as well. And the only thing, the, the only thing that I want to just mention about is I need to stay close to the Holy Spirit to check in every now and again and listen to where the Holy Spirit wants to lead me, not just going my own way. And the only way that I can finish up by uh, that is with a small little prayer from the Gospel acclamation today. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your, us, your faithful, and enkindle in us the fire of your love. So with that, we're, we're, we're coming very close now to the end of the programme. Uh, I want to thank again Sister Therese Fitzgerald for joining us today. It mightn't be the last time. You might come on and join us again sometime. Would love to. Thanks, Thank you very thank much you indeed. Well. And Shane, thanks again for, for sharing with us today. Thanks, John. What have we got coming up for next week? We have uh, two ladies from the well, uh, two ladies from the from the Limic Diocese next week. Uh, they had they, 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 there was a, a conference and a webinar on there recently on leadership. Uh, is it leadership on women in the church or something like that? So I'm asking Rose O'Connor uh, to come on with a colleague and tell us all about that. So. If you want to hear more about that, tune in next week. In the meantime, we'll have to go for our final piece of music. Uh, Therese, have you got a final piece of music you'd like us to play as we leave the programme? Um, yeah. Uh, it, uh, Come come Healing um, is, is also by Leonard Cohen. Um, I think the Spirit brings healing into our lives and I think the world is in ongoing need of healing. Um, so, so this is one. Uh, this one is particularly meaningful when we see what's happening in the lives of so many people in our world today. Beautiful. So with that, we'll, we'll, we'll have to leave listeners. Thank you very much, Neil, for joining us. I forgot to give out the text number and the email at the start of the programme. The text number, if you want to come in at all, uh, and what you might have heard today, 87 That's 87 Or come and see inspirations at gmail.com. But from Therese, from Shane and myself, thanks again for listening. Enjoy the week. God bless for now. Bye. Bye.
Come healing of the heart Oh trouble of dust concealing